Welcome to the Getting to Clarity podcast, the place where busy women leaders discover how to create more success in their leadership journey with less sacrifice in their life. Here's your host, Debbie Peterson of Getting to Clarity. Hey, hello, and welcome. I am Debbie Peterson of Getting to Clarity, and this is another episode of the Getting to Clarity podcast, where busy women leaders come to listen to my guests and myself share tips, tools, and techniques so that you can create more success in your leadership with less sacrifice to your life. And I'm really excited today as I've got a friend and a colleague of mine, Sherry Fitz. And let me tell you just a little bit about Sherry before she starts expounding on the wisdom that she has to share with you. Sherry is the founder and CEO. She is a compelling public speaker and financial services, marketing, sales, and brand guru. And her mission is to amplify the heart of financial services, something that is very much needed. Sherry harnesses the power of emotional connection to help professionals create more trust and connection in their business relationships and make their engagements more meaningful to their businesses as well as their careers and their bottom line. So all three, trifecta. Her deep expertise in the financial services industry gained over nearly 30 years on both the buy and sell side, as well as starting two companies, not one, but two companies, gives her special insight into what drives human behavior and sales. So you'll want to tune into this. Her latest industry innovation is Digital EQ, So, and that is trademark, digital EQ, and that is digital emotional intelligence. And it is Sherry's highly personalized methodology to helping professionals and organizations compete with thought leadership, branding, marketing, powerful presentations, and more. So Sherry, welcome to the Getting to Clarity (laughs) podcast. And thank you so much for being here. I was just telling you, Debbie, before we turned on record, how much I enjoy listening to your voice. And um, so now I get to have your voice as my bio. So thank you. It's awesome to be here. I appreciate it. And I'm, I'm so looking forward to just chatting with you and everyone today. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. I appreciate you being here. So where I'd like to start is to have you share some about yourself with the audience and really thinking about, you know, what are the, what got you to where you are today? Can you fill in a little bit of that background? Sure. So I was paper girl of the year in 1976. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So there's that. I've always worked in a male dominated industry. That's what I like to say. And I started in communications very early, obviously in sales and marketing too funny. But actually, I've been working in financial services for a large, most of my career. When you know that nearly 30 years, Mm -hmm. Debbie is 30 years, I would say, (laughs) if I look back. So so I've been working in financial services for that time. I started as a graphic designer. And I suppose the, the, the pivot point or the place that my career and my belief in my abilities really changed was in 1998 when I've been working for a company for four years as a graphic designer, creating employee education and communication materials for the 401k world. Now, for those of you who might know about that in the 401k world, it used to be before big companies like Fidelity and Principal had people doing that. 
So I created those materials and through a lot of variety and change in the organization, I ended up de facto head of a subsidiary in my, I would say mid to late thirties, I guess is when okay. it was. And yeah. um, which was super cool as an opportunity because, you know, I really got, I got a chance to run a business using someone else's money, which is always more fun. It is. And, um, <laughs> right. And, um, you know, what happened was I ended up as this de facto head because one of the partners ended up leaving the business. And so I, I had a department, I had a subsidiary and I had no salesperson. And so I was out there looking for a salesperson to hire a salesperson. And two of my colleagues came to me and said, Sherry, why are you hiring somebody? Why don't you be that person? And mm -hmm. I went, Oh, and so I stepped into sales, which people who know me look at me as a marketing person because I've been in the market. I lead, you know, marketing's what I have done a mm -hmm. lot. And, and how I ended up getting into marketing was because I had a sales goal. Mm. So that was back in 1998. And I had no marketing money because my boss is the kind of person who would call up Phil Knight, like cold call him who needed marketing money you know, in the nineties. And so what did I do because I had a sales goal and a nationwide footprint, I started doing digital marketing, okay. which in 1998 did not exist. No, so I, I started doing email marketing. I did email marketing in 1998. So fast forward, I worked for a bank. I worked for an insurance company. I worked for a broker dealer. And then I got my AARP card. And uh, I had been saying for a little bit of time, wow, when I grow up, I want to be a speaker and do my own thing. And then, you know, when you get your AARP card in the mail, someone <laughs> knows like, you're over 50. It's right? time. <laughs> ah, I'm grown up. So that's when I started my own business in December of 2012. So it is never yeah. too late. No, absolutely. I, it I is think never too late. Yeah, never. Yeah. Mm -mm. So let, let me ask you, you know, the, the, the theme here is, is to really help busy women leaders, emerging leaders to get tips about creating more success in their life. But not everybody really knows what success means to them. They, they aspire to it. They chase it. But when you ask them, what does it mean to you? Sometimes they don't know. I would love if you would share your definition of success. So what does success mean to you, Sherry Fitz? Success means to me, Debbie, freedom of time. Mm. And so interestingly, notice how money's not on there, which I would say perhaps maybe I might want to revisit it. So, but success for me, and I remember saying this, I mean, I left a golden handcuffs job Mm -hmm. and created my own firm and cut my salary in half. And I remember telling somebody early on, I said, I get to pick, you know, I get to, I get to, you know, I have time and I have freedom and I have, you know, I have space in my life. And so truly what success for me means is creating a business and creating a daily practice that first serves me and, and, primarily my body, mm -hmm. um, working on the mind part, you know, but, but moving my body every day, being able to do that is essential to my sanity. 
So and your soul, I would imagine, mm-hmm. considering mm-hmm. you know some of the health challenges that you've had, and yeah. and being able you know to do that. And and it's interesting that you said notice money isn't at what I talked about when I said success. <laughs> yeah. And it, you know the interesting thing is money can be a motivator, but it's generally not a long-term motivator. You know, it's because I think that a lot of us have been in places where you got a good job, you're making good money, you got good benefits and you are miserable. I know I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's no secret that financial services is a male dominated industry. Yes. And I'll tell you that one of the things I, 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 I would say when I left my job was that one of the things that I had to do every day was put my armor on mm. that I really physically felt that armor on my body and in my psyche and in my creativity. It, I felt as if every day I was going into battle and frankly, literally going into battle. And it was a very political environment and organization mm-hmm. that I work for. And I would butt up against colleagues who were men in more powerful positions and it was you know heart destroying so and heavy uh, to do i mean that takes a oh, lot of energy uh, to, to you know, carry it, all of that around it was my perfect it was like the if you could have designed a job for me it was a perfect job you know it was coming in right after an acquisition it was a blank slate there was a lot to get done build a team point a direction Boss, you know, all that kind of stuff I loved. And then, and then it also was just so significantly challenging. And so, you know, there were a couple of things at play. One, a dream that I mm-hmm. had of, you know, doing my own thing. And, but then also too, just going, this isn't, this is, this isn't success for me anymore. Right. 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 Anymore. And that's a key word too, because what, we define as success, maybe either intentionally or unintentionally knowing it or not knowing it when we're younger changes as we evolve in our life, you know, as we get to different stages in life, success means something different. Yeah. And so it's not a one and done. No. And, you know, I would say that in the 10 years that I've had my business, this is 2022 will be like going on the 10th year more into the 10th year. And that business you know, I've created two businesses because one business I left and I create, I said, I clearly, let me just restate what I said. I want to be a speaker and do my own thing. Mm -hmm. Curiously, I created a creative services firm. Okay. (laughs) So, which did marketing and branding, Yeah. right? And something very easy for me to step into because I could do it in my sleep. And what I find very curious about the whole thing is it took me until 2020 to have the courage to say, whoa, I mean, I closed down the marketing and branding firm in 2016, yet the brand remained. I hid behind marketing and branding. The speaking was like I hid. And so it took me. Is it playing it safe? Oh gosh. Yeah. Okay. Totally. Right. Never, you know, never fully leaning into the speaker part of who I am. And Mm so I'm in the process of, you know, there's a, there's a new website coming out 
and that new website is a hundred percent me. Okay. No marketing, no branding, no da, 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 no hiding behind anything. It's a hundred percent me as a speaker. Yeah. So do you think that was a story in that? And the reason I asked that is because you, so your, your gut, your heart was telling you, I want to be a speaker and I want to do my own thing. And I go out and I start a marketing and branding company. So did you just get to the point where it's like, okay, I'm going to hide behind this. I'm going to play it safe because I know this is something that I can do. Or were you approaching it as this is a good first step to get to the speaking? You know, I'm not really quite sure. I could say a lot of different things. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if I look back on it, the story that I say is that I was hiding behind it. However, you know, it, I love my industry. Yeah. I adore my industry. The work that we do changes people's lives in ways that we may never know. Yes. And I love marketing and marketing strategy and branding and the power of branding and all that goes into all of that. I love that. I mean, you know, I'm a visual individual. I mean, you know, I, I, I believe in the power and the emotion of design and connection and and my my chops from a digital perspective could not be stronger. Yes. You know? And and it serves what you're speaking about now, the digital EQ. Yeah. I mean, what you mm-hmm. did is the foundation of what it is that you're speaking on. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, you know, I can tell a story about that. There were a couple of things that happened at the same time. I think that to your point about success, what does it mean? My mm-hmm. business was 2012 to 2015 on a million dollar run rate. Boom. And I wasn't I wasn't prepared for that. Okay. And you know, my my father passed away and all of a sudden I went, "What the hell am I doing?" And, and it didn't feel fulfilling anymore. And I left the business. Different life stage after your dad passed. And it's interesting. Sometimes we fear making a mistake. We fear failing, but sometimes success can be something that we get twisted up about too. Oh, indeed. Right. Somebody told me a long time ago, be careful that you don't create a company you don't want to work at, you know, like, don't, you know, you be careful. You might create a company that you don't want to work at because the model that we have in our head, it, well, let me just rephrase that. The model that I had in my head was get an office, get an executive assistant, get a project manager, you know, paint the walls brown, have cool Asian lanterns, you know, da, 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 right. And then grow, 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 grow. And push, 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 push. That was the model. And And you did. And I did. And then, <laughs> no, not for me anymore. Okay, not it, no. not it anymore. Yeah. And, and that's and that's a choice, you know? Okay, yep. shut it down. That could be perceived as a sacrifice. I'm going to take this that I've worked and put so much of my heart and energy into, and I'm going to shut it down because it's not serving me anymore. Yes. Um, so let, let me ask you, in, in my opinion, there is no success without sacrifice. You do make sacrifices. Yep. But when you make a sacrifice and understanding the reason why you're making a sacrifice, it it has a a different feeling to it, that it's less of a sacrifice. You know, for for instance, anytime that I go speaking, when I come back, I have to distance from my grandbaby for seven days. 
And, you know, but what I do, what I am called to do has meaning. And therefore, when I take a gig, you know, I make sure it's aligned with me and aligned with my mission, you know, to empower and, and help women and emerging leaders advance to the next level. And I do it knowing that I am making a sacrifice that I'm not going to be able to pinch his little cheeks for, you know, seven Uh. days. And yet it it has made me understand that there are certain things that I protect. What do you protect at all costs? Oh, golly, golly, golly. I have a comment, by the way, about the whole kind of sacrifice kind of thing. So don't let me forget. I'm good. Ask me about the teeter-totter in a minute. Okay. Um, I'll put up, I'm going to put it down here. I don't even know how to spell teeter-totter. It's more like tater-totter, tater-totter. <laughs> okay. There's a success. That's a sacrifice. So what do I protect at all costs? Mm-hmm. My, I love my mom. She's gone now. My mom mm-hmm. gave me this Sorry. amazing joie de vivre. She taught me how to dance. She was doing jazzercise, by the way, before jazzercise ever was a thing. Scott Joplin and, right, I know, so hilarious. Scott Joplin and, you know, support hose and leotards, you know, I just have visions of her, which she would dance with her thumbs up like this. It was so adorable. And, you know, she she had a love of a good casserole and and she also had a short neck, which, you know, I envy those people have long necks who can wear we call her turtlenecks because I go into like Ann Taylor this time of year and they have all these beautiful turtlenecks. And I'm always like audibly, thank you, mom. And people are like, but she also sadly gave me the gift, gave me the gift of arthritis. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so that creates, you know, this deal in my body. Also, sadly, my mom spent the last 10 years of her life in an assisted living facility. And I, I don't really know why, except for that her body just gave up. And so I am driven, driven to move my body every day, driven to move my body every day. So I walk yesterday. I think I got in seven and a half miles. The day before was like six. I do Pilates passed on it today, but normally three times a week, moving my body is one of the ways that I help point myself in a different direction than the path that my mom chose Okay, to kind of be in her life. So yeah, so I protect, you know, when, even when I'm traveling, Debbie, I walk. I mean, you know, we, you, I'm one of those weird people in the airports when everybody else is going up the escalator, I'm doing the stairs. <laughs> like in Chicago, I'm going up the stairs. <laughs> Don't like going down the stairs so much, but I do, I go down the stairs. Okay. Um, and I have to like concentrate really hard <laughs> going down the stairs. But yeah, I protect that. And a totally. lot of people struggle with that, with their health and fitness. You know, they they crawl into their work. They're traveling a lot. They're working long hours. They're taking care of everyone and everything else other than themselves. How, what are some of the strategies that you use to make sure this gets in? What is the mindset <laughs> or what are the practices to make sure that this gets in? Well, this is kind of, you know, I'm always an early adopter of technology. So it's just kind of who I am. And I heard about a Fitbit years ago. And then I heard about it three times. And when I hear about something three times, I go, ah, my, me. And so I heard about a Fitbit. And at the particular time, I was probably 20 pounds heavier than I am now. So, you know, and uh, 
and still like doing yoga or whatnot, but not really kind of, you know, not, I don't know. So certainly was very voluptuous. Let's just say that. And I just put a Fitbit on. You still are, honey. (laughs) I put a Fitbit on and I said to myself, and I got a scale, which I never had done before. And Mm. I, I got a Fitbit and a scale. And I said to myself, all I'm going to do is look at the numbers. I'm not, I'm just going to look at the numbers every day. That's all I'm going to do. And, you know, I would look at scale and looking at the numbers and looking at my Fitbit and looking at the numbers. That's all I did. And then, and then all of a sudden, so does that like, mean well, not judging the numbers, not having yeah. feelings about the numbers, just yes. looking at the numbers? If, yes. Okay. Which is a really great thing for me to remember because strangely, I didn't get the COVID, you know, whatever, but recently <laughs> there's like five extra pounds that I'm going, what is going on here? I'm blaming it on my hair because it's really long. So but I just looked at the numbers and what happened for me was I went, well, if I'm trying to get to, cause the number, everybody says 10,000 steps a day. Well, then why am I parking my car and spending an extra 10 minutes of my life in the Costco parking lot, trying to park close to the door when I need 10,000 steps, I'm going to park my car out at the thing. Cause I'm going to get an extra 1000 steps or whatever. And I just, it just started happening. And then it started happening and then it started happening. And I was getting about, three miles in a day. And, and then I also started doing Pilates as a, you know, as a physical therapy post back surgery. And I remember when I was doing yoga, this gorgeous man who was an attorney at the, you know, firm that I used to work with was Mr. Yoga. And he said, you know, when I, my body really changed with yoga. And when I started doing yoga three times a week and I went, I'm going to do yoga three times a week. So then I went to myself with him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who wouldn't want to? Golly, golly. Whew, peppery hair. Yeah, tall. Anyway, so I went, well, wow, I wonder what would happen if I started doing Pilates three times a week. So I did that. And then, you know, when I was running and people, we would always get together on the weekend and go for a longer run. And I went, well, why on the weekends am I not going for a longer walk? And so I started going for Instead of a three-mile walk, I started going for a five-mile walk on the weekends. And then I went, well, why am I not just doing a five-mile walk every day? So it it just started a little bit at a time mm-hmm. over a long period of time. Okay. And, and added to and, it incrementally. Yeah. Okay. And so now, I mean, you know, I you for those of you listening on the podcast, I have a Fitbit and the Apple Watch. (laughs) You do. People are like, what? Because they're different. (laughs) And one tracks the other thing. Yeah. So it was, it was a very, it was, it was a process fueled by a curiosity. I'll say that. And having curiosity is something that kind of takes the pressure off. You're just curious yeah. about it. Then it's not, I have to, it's just like, okay, right. what would this be like if I got up 30 minutes earlier, if I walked an extra mile? Uh, yeah. 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 So let me also ask you, I want to shift just a little bit, you know, as we go through life, as we go through our careers, as you know, we're, we're in and out of chapters and things like that. There are usually some significant lessons that are left behind for us to consume. What from where you started to where you are now are the bigger lessons that have really come through to you that have stuck with you that you would share with the audience? Hilarious. You know, 
I'm not in corporate America anymore, you know, for a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. But one of them is that I create a big wake, right? That that I'm not aware of the wake I create. And I and you know, it can be good and it can also be, you know, challenging for those around me. So when you said lessons, I just see this big wake. Like I had a friend the other day on a call describe herself as the Kool-Aid man, just knocking stuff over as she walked through, not really <laughs> knowing what was happening. And uh that would be me in corporate America, perhaps maybe. But you know, I think that the the here's here's one big lesson that I continue to live for myself. I, you know, I think now, well, you know, when I started in financial services, it was 1994. And I had no idea, very similar to my experience in, you know, delivering newspapers, that that was a, that it was a male-dominated industry. I had no idea. And then in 1998, when I got into sales, I went out there and I went, where are the ladies? Did not know. And so, there i've ne- you know i've never i've never had a role model mm. okay. you know because there have not been many women in my path i'm 60 now and there are not many women in my path right the 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 reality of the situation in financial services is that oftentimes and i'm not the only one mm-hmm. that we leave mid career because we're like I see the writing on the, yeah, I see the writing on the wall. This requires too much sacrifice and the return, the the return on success is not going to be there for me. Mm -hmm. I'm out of here. And so there weren't very many role models. And so also that idea. And then my mom and my parents, you know, I say not aging well. So my parents were not married, you know, and so each one of them aged alone. And my, fa- my father passed away and then my mom passed away within, I think, 18 months of themselves. And my, you know, I look to my mom in particular because I am my, well, I'm, I am my father's daughter, but I am my mother's daughter. And I look at that and I, what I know is, is that if I keep looking at that, regardless of what I say, mm-hmm. I'm going to be there, mm-hmm. you know? It's like driving a Vespa. Do not look at the shrub. You want to You'll turn. end up in the shrub. Don't look at the shrub. I know yeah. this. I've I've ended up because in the shrub. Because you've done it. <laughs> yes. Because I'm like, I don't want to hit that shrub. I don't want to hit that shrub. And I don't look at the turn. So I've been looking around for women who give me a vision of what it's like to age. And, um, and I think that's important. And, and especially mm-hmm. for women to be able to see. Yep what is yeah. possible. Yeah. Yeah. And I have decided that I am my own role model. Nice. Yeah. That is nice. right that is that is what I continually feel called to do for myself. Okay. For sure. Yeah. And as a byproduct, I'm sure that you are inspiring others. You are showing up as a role model <laughs> for others who also didn't have it. What well, a you know, fun trip. <laughs> well, you know, it's hilarious because, I'm, you know, I took myself, there's this really cool place in the Pacific Northwest up on the Columbia River. It's called the Gorge Amphitheaters. And I, I'd never been there for a concert. And I took myself there for a concert, like by myself, camp there, whatever. I don't care. 
and I'm walking through with my Stetson hat on and, you know, my long sweater is kind of like my Stevie Ray Vaughan look. And these two girls, my two, these two girls are behind me or whatever. And they're, you have to quick drink your drink before you go in, obviously. And they're like, we want to be you when we grow up. And I'm like, do you realize you just told me I was old? <laughs> it was a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Exactly. Oh So Sherry, will you please share how the audience can connect with you, how they can find you more about what it is that you do to help professionals in financial services? I would love for you to share that with them. Cool. Let me just tell you quickly, take the tater tater totter. Yes. Tater tot. You know, when you ask about the idea of success and sacrifice, it's Mm kind of like this joke and that they only talk to women about, which is work-life balance. I just want to always look. No, and, bad and yeah, I don't get it. And why it's I don't only win- balance is hard. Just, balance yeah. is hard. Yeah, indeed. Imagine yourself on a teeter totter in the mm-hmm. middle and having it perfectly balanced. That is really hard. Yeah. Now I could do it because I'm a badass paddleboarder. However, it's very challenging. But if you lean a little bit to one side and then a little bit to the other side and you just kind of breathe in move back and forth, it's not as challenging. So I kind of feel like that's the same way with success and sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It's can't, it doesn't have to be either or, I don't know. I believe that possibly it might just be sometimes you lean into kind of like, I'm going to just push myself on the success button for a while, which yeah. is where I, where I feel I am right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I spell like a lot of time walking and Pilates and paddleboarding, perhaps maybe I could not have not do so much of that. So anyway, yes, you can find me at sherryfits.com. By the way, that's Sherry with one R S H E R I F I double T S.com is where you can find me in my new website. Hopefully will be up by the time everyone looks at it. So that will be cool and fun. Nice. Well, we will make sure that we include that in the show notes as well as how you can get a hold of Sherry so that you can learn more about this fascinating woman. Perhaps she'll be a role model for you in the future. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe you'll want to be her when you grow up. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Whatever the case may be, (laughs) Sherry welcomes it all. So I appreciate every one of you being here today. It's always a pleasure. And Until the next time, here is wishing you all the clarity that you deserve. Have a really great day and bye-bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Getting to Clarity podcast with Debbie Peterson. If you enjoyed this show, please rate and recommend it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. To learn more about how you can create more success with less sacrifice in your leadership and life, visit gettingtoclaritypodcast.com.